0: Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Very excited to have Miles Eitan with me. Miles, welcome to Trending in Education.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. No goal is too high where no goals fly. So happy to
0: share this sky. There you go. You're getting lyrical uh, to begin with. I appreciate that. We have Miles here to talk about Some of the interesting work he and team are doing at Lo-Fi Language Learning. And we're going to hear all about that. We're going to talk about English as a foreign language. We're going to talk about hip-hop and how it can help with that whole endeavor. But before we do any of that, Miles, we'd like to begin by getting our guest's origin story in their own words. So what got you to this point in your professional life and... Why might that be interesting to an audience that's trying to understand where the world of learning is going?
1: Long ago in a land far away, there was a Christian school ran by Northern Baptists in the middle of horse country, Miami-Dade County, which doesn't make any sense, but neither did my being there. I was a mole among a sea of kids who did not look like me, but... I was always top of the class, being smart, generally succeeding as Black excellence do. And a lot of what drove me to take on this path was coming up in that environment and not necessarily being understood as someone who just appreciates hip pop culture, but further someone who was able to glean a lot of transferable skills as a young one growing up from hip hop because I'm surrounded by a lot of kids who were richer than me and I was really there for academic prowess at that point. I was drawing and scribbling the fat farm and Fugu logos and our cover sheets and getting in trouble. And beyond that, I was just trying to write bars because that's what I saw move the people who were on my block when I went back home. Mm-hmm. Something, 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 high school, college, I end up in Taiwan and I realized, wow, the thing I'd really been studying this entire time is how to be just a dope MC Mm -hmm. and how to carry that into just being an all around dope student. Mm -hmm. So we started Lo-Fi Language Learning as a way to bring hip hop to the EFL field in Taiwan. And now that's expanded to bringing hip hop into the education field, period. Mm -hmm. And Taiwan ends up being just one of the program areas that we're going to end up going in.
0: Yeah. So lo-fi language learning is a place where you're helping educators who are teaching English to folks who don't speak English as their native language. You're helping them learn English. And then a lot of the influence is is from hip hop. Can you talk about how that relates to who you are and and what lo-fi is doing? Our goal is really just bringing the strength of street knowledge into the classroom. So
1: our current offering right now is what we call the an arts and EFL training program. We're having our pilot go out with five students who attend New College of Florida mm-hmm. and five students who are outside of the university banner completely and bringing them together for a series of workshops as they go through a curriculum by Bridge Teppel. Shout out to them. So they complete the Bridge Tuffle 120 hour Master Tuffle course on a schedule we put on, simultaneously attending our arts workshops to learn how to integrate their creative skills that they already have as as storytellers, linguists, into the curriculum design area. It's a real departure from where we were even at the start of 2020, where it was me and Taiwan just hosting tutorings or going to classroom visits, workshops, or what they call pushy pans, the after-school learning programs with my DJ set and getting kids engaged in English learning through hip-hop and playing with syllables with them, breaking down how different regional dialects occur in the United States. And now we're going straight to the teacher to make sure our reach can extend beyond how many beats I can kick in front of one group of class.
0: Yeah, you want to figure out how to expand the, the impact as fast as possible. So if you could train the teachers or even train the trainers, that's a way that you can get what's worked for you ideally out to a lot of other people. So part of what you're doing really is trying to help educators get better. And that's something I remember we talked a little bit about. Truth be told, I have a new College of Florida background as well. So much respect to the alma mater. And we connected across the generations, which is kind of cool through new college. But it is interesting to me to think about how teaching is a performative act and being up in front of a room or now in front of a virtual room does require a level of virtuosity and skillful performance that to me is very analogous to being a, an mc on the mic can you talk a bit about that connection in, in in how you understand all this sure
1: in a lot of ways i think teaching is a performance very verbal performance not just on some dead poet society stuff but at the same time you could think of an mc as someone giving you that performance even when they're doing a music video through a screen so i think Rappers are MCs. People engaged in this kind of lyrical sport, let's say, are well suited for commanding attention, for bringing a lot more awareness to words and cadence and pauses and things that go beyond just simple vocabulary and grammatical structures in English and. I think that helps me a lot as um, a term I like to call an aesthetic learner. So not necessarily visual kinesthetic. I'm sure. trying to see where the sauce is and that's where you get my attention yeah. and
0: training. Nice, yeah. So artistry is something that captures attention and when you have their attention, it's also really interesting to me when you're, you're talking, it, it, it does make me think about the fact that hip hop is a verbal poetic art form that I imagine can help people make connections to the the language learning. Are there places where it can get in the way? Because it does seem like hip hop is sometimes complex and not always where's the bathroom. So like, how do you blend between the lyrical Lyrical miracle in your swimming pool kind of (laughs) rap. Yeah, please. And and jump into all that before you know it. I'll start beatboxing if I really like it. Yeah. The way I feel is I experienced when I was in Taiwan,
1: two very vastly different subcultures. And that was me being in graduate school as a Fulbright with a lot of the other international cohort, but mostly non-English speaking students who In our major, it was an English-speaking major. We did our whole program in English and used the Mandarin where we can. And on the other side of that, after class, after weekends, I was out DJing in the clubs, Mm -hmm. getting Irie Gibbons' name out there as a whole separate entity. And I met better English speakers going out to those clubs. Mm -hmm. When I was going and performing with rappers who didn't even rap in English, And it was a lot of them telling me that their engagement with hip hop was a stronger reason for them to engage in English than the standard you need to learn this in order to get a big paycheck.
0: That's a fair point around the relevance because I think back on my upbringing and uh, a lot of the vocabulary that I remember picking up in my teens, was from the the play-by-play and color commentary from the the New York Mets broadcast booth. They use good language and I always enjoyed that. Shout out to Tim McCarver, Ralph Kiner, and Steve Zabriskie, 1980s New York Mets broadcast booth. Yeah, I picked up language there. I remember watching David Letterman as a kid. I, I learned a lot of my vocabulary, which wound up being pretty good by watching television. It's just the nature of the programming and then the fact that I was paying attention. So I think there is a level of motivation that's built into diving into something that you love. And then particularly if hip hop culture is taking off in say Taiwan where you were, I could see that exciting, the the intellectual curiosity and the motivation to really get behind the lyrics and start understanding the culture. And then also it does make me think about how language is so deeply embedded in culture that bringing a curriculum that actually incorporates hip-hop culture to language learning, it's got to be an interesting space to operate in.
1: Yeah, I think it goes both ways, too, because when I was there, hip-hop was what allowed me to learn a lot of Mandarin as well. A lot of the words are built on the initial and final sound. So very consonant vowel. You're not usually capping beyond three syllables for a character a word in that sense and when you think about rap and hip-hop that's really all you're doing is you're finding aesthetic ways to slide your syllables and fit mm. so that was an easy scaffold for me yeah and that's a whole different language so i think we're way beyond the point of hip-hop being that underdog where we gotta prove ourselves constantly in english that's right, a great right. philosopher in our field says we global shout out to you cali
0: Yeah, I shared with you heading in when Nas was featured on Poetry in America, I thought was a really great episode from PBS, where rather than talking about Walt Whitman or other great poets of yore, you could talk about people who are still rapping today whose lyrics are poetry, and when understood in that context, they can really stack up with some of the great poetry in the last few centuries. Which is really a, an interesting perspective. And do you encourage your students to rap then too? Is that part of what you're, you're trying to develop their flow? That's gonna be fun to see that performative element translate to the students. I
1: will, of course, encourage students to try to pop some bars out. Obviously, there's a big warm up period, especially when they're younger students, because no one wants to say they drop something that is whack. But yeah, yeah. A lot of the background I had in doing hip hop education was more so to get people accustomed to how, you know, artists even got to do it that you can imagine sometimes it's all seven, eight members of Wu-Tang sitting in a room throwing out garbage bars for a hot minute until you come out with your best protected neck. It's a constructive process. It's often a co-constructive process. And I think that aspect of it too, that you hit on the building your flow and cadence. I think it, Gives more of a confidence, just more of a swagger to the language you want to learn and the comfort you have in speaking it. And that translates just as well as, I would say, having someone doing it the way it's been done a million times over the past how many decades.
0: As you're speaking, it made me think about... The paralinguistic stuff you have to teach an English language uh, learner, including when to say yes or mm mm-hmm, and active listening sounds, which is something I've become very conscious of as someone who's been doing podcasting for quite some time. It's got to be really interesting to start to get to that meta level of instruction as well so that people understand typical intonations around turn taking and asking questions And those kinds of things, do you find that it helps your hip hop as well? Because I know you mentioned a shout out to Irie Gibbons, who is your, your hip hop persona, who maybe he's even with us. Who knows? I can't tell these days. Are you learning and is it influencing how you're performing as a hip hop MC at the same time?
1: Oh, 100%. I'll be honest with you. And I would say I've been actively trying to write rap since elementary school. I personally went through that phase in my middle and high school where it's, nah, I need those lyrics. You feel me? I really need to know that you got, like, bars on bars. I need to see where the slashes is in your notebook. And I need to, like, check for all your double and triple entendres. And then I realized, oh, this actually got to sound good. Yeah. That actually co- constitutes the music part. So it opened my mind to understanding a lot more about just the descriptiveness of language, period. Mm. And how hip hop has such a big factor to play in how that's evolving today. We're not just adding new vocabulary words and slang to things that people say on the daily. I, I would even say we add a lot more new definitions to common words. You feeling salty, mm. you saucing, and they're all intuitive enough to like, say it to an English language learner, right. who's kind of along and get it. But I think even as someone who speaks English already, I can hear a lot of these new cats or newer rappers who are out. I guess they're my ages. For example, Juice World, rest in peace. I heard a track from him some time ago and just the way a lot of these new rappers would be like, yeah, that Automatopoeia just in the middle. Yeah, and then I'm like, but if you think about it, It's very similar to the way Eminem, for example, because that's someone who I feel like garners a lot of respect for his technical aspect of the game, talks about how he tries to rap to the downbeat and make sure he's putting a vocal behind each of those to accentuate his own voice. And I'm like, dang, it's not exactly the same. Someone like a Juice is incorporating that automatopoeia in a way where it's not just heavy breathing or sound for the sake of making a sound. This is a very intricate time timing piece here. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you have me at of Pair. Yeah, and for our listeners, uh, we will be talking a little bit about some hip-hop because that's clearly part of this episode. So if you're not understanding all the hip-hop terminology, where do people go? Where do people go if, if you're dropping hip-hop terminology and, and they can't keep up, their head's spinning, Miles? Where, what, what do you recommend? How does it work with your students? If the lingo is getting a little bit esoteric and more inside hip hop language, how do you translate that? Or is it less of a problem because these folks don't even speak English to begin with? I'll straight up go in a classroom and say, how do you feel about it?
1: First of all, context-wise in the sentence, what function does it make? Let me, maybe I'll do a body language indicator. What sense am I trying to convey to you? Think about the other words there. And then think about literally how it makes you feel, you know what I mean? Like I was, before anyone, for example, came up with you salty, I wouldn't hear you salty thinking about like everything. The last person I knew who was salty to that point was Lot's wife, shout out to the Bible and she turned
0: around and that's it. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be salty. Yeah, shout out to the Bible is a nice, it's a nice touch, I I appreciate that. So (laughs) that's my mom. (laughs) That's good, it's good stuff. And so yeah, so lo-fi language learning, Mainly uh, teach the teacher model, at least right now, which is helping educators understand how to incorporate elements of hip hop into their English language learning flow, and then perhaps maybe broader growth as as that continues to scale. Where do you see this going? What's on your roadmap for lo-fi language learning?
1: As of right now, lo-fi language learning is something that I want to make sure we stick to the mission of. We are here to educate. We are here to make sure there is an area for hip-hop and people who do hip-hop to be effective in what they do, use it and enjoy it without having to be their own marketing guru and break SoundCloud and all these extra things that come on to what you think being a rapper Mm -hmm. entails. And I would like to see Lo-Fi expand to also have that Strength as a platform, as of right now, is very attached to the entertainment platform that we release out of anybody's entertainment. But a lot of what I want to do is have people come through and just feel comfortable enough to create compositions, share, have this network of other people who would appreciate just the way they approach their work.
0: And, th- and then what's the secret sauce then? You were touching on it a little bit before. How do you build sense of uh, a collaborative environment? People feel safe enough to put themselves out there, uh, to almost risk enough so that they actually have something on the line so that they can learn, and then also the ability to uh, collaborate and work off of each other's creativity. Are there tactics that you've learned? Or are there ways in which you can unpack the specifics of what makes that type of environment happen? In doing the research,
1: my graduate program in Taiwan had me write my master's thesis and I chose it on the effectiveness of me teaching a hip hop English class in what they call the Clio model, C-L-I-L, content integrated language learning. I ran before and after surveys, did a T-test on the results, see what works and what doesn't. This might be contrary to a lot of what goes on in um, some areas of ELL. I don't necessarily subscribe to saying, all right, immerse yourself in this immediately right now. You got to jump in it and creating that bit of an unsafe feeling space. I mean, not say unsafe, uncomfortable, especially when there's a grade attached. I think that's what gets a lot of folks, especially I did my teaching in East Asia. So I'm not trying to get in the way of your academic future by right. me doing this. I create a safe space and I try to say... Hip-hop really has been based on a lot of exclusivity in a way because it came from a people excluded from a lot of popular music and even just access to resources to make the regular music, period. It's a lot of that post-civil rights, just not in the history books, what happens in these communities where someone figured out, hey, snap, we can put the record on and scratch it up and that starts sounding nice. Oh, wait, you can get an MC up there and he starts leading the people in rhymes and I'm about to get really nerdy for a second. My favorite thing about that whole origin story of it was the MC and the DJ, I think for hip hop being such a distinctly black art form and for whatever the connotation of that is, some people take that as not necessarily American. I think it's taking a collective musical style, which is a lot of the rhythmic beats of the griot, Stalin's out from West Africa or Calypso or even Mm -hmm. where it actually came from, which is the kind of proto dance halls and reggae in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And you've got an MC who is now taking this collectivist where in a cypher circle lead a verse and chant into, no, I'm going to tell you a whole story. And out of these collectivist music traditions, Calypso, the griot from West Africa or the proto reggae in Jamaica, where hip hop actually stems from, shout out to DJ Cool Herc, You had MCs who they took the circle cypher and that joined in rhythm making into telling an individualist story about themselves. At first, he was just hyping the party. And now he's, you know, telling whole tales. I think eventually that's how people do it. First, you just jam in. First, you just beating it up. Then it's okay. I'm gonna start throwing some ad libs. Then it's, oh, wait, I got something to say. Let me throw it in there too. This is what the floor is. And I really appreciate that. And I honestly wish that, and maybe this is just from a from the culture perspective. Like when I was teaching the proto version of Lo-Fi's course at New College of Florida, we call Freestyle Floor Tutorial. I was like, we don't got to build this as, yo, like I even told people coming into class, you can only tell me so many rhymes about like how large your genitals are for the dudes. <laughs> That I understand that's the easiest thing to come across because hip hop comes across as it's very D G A F. We love to think about it, but the power comes from yeah when you really start thinking about that. And I think
0: an inclusive hip hop would be you know yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then also there's a real history going back to K R S One, and I know Commons very engaged in education. Do you have any perspective on? The history of, of hip hop MCs who cared about their role in the way that a great educator would, are there role models or lessons to be learned from the history of, of hip hop in translating that into being a great educator?
1: Oh yeah. I think even in the modern day, for example, D Smoke, who came out of Netflix's Rhythm and Flow, yeah. he was a teacher and now when he throws random Spanish riffs into his verses, it, into a lot of his history as a teacher and I think a lot had to come before him in order to do that. But I think it's so powerful to say, yo, this is a dude who had a day job as a teacher, was using this to teach his kids and then translated it into mainstream acceptable rap. He's nominated for best Grammy album of the year, rap album of the year. Not that the Grammys are going to dictate
0: what that means, but it's paying attention. It's something. It's a nice trophy. I will say I'm no beef uh, with the quality of that that Grammy trophy. Down the road. Trending in education makes a a few pivots here and there. I will not turn a Grammy away. And I like your point though, that it's the ability of an educator to cross over into hip-hop is a really interesting direction. What about the other direction? Hip-hop artists influence as educators, as thought leaders, as folks, you know, who are really creating some of the, the most important texts of our day but they're not always treated as such. Any thoughts on how hip-hop is some of the most interesting language, English language that is coming out these days? Any thoughts on how hip-hop artists have been great educators and have been influencing widespread thought? Oh yeah,
1: pre-internet. And I barely have that memory. I'm not saying that like I'm some OG. I was born in 1996. I have some memory of having to buy the CD and put it in my CD player. And that was how a lot of information got communicated about what was really going on and how actually abhorrent it really was. And even though these are gruff MCs sometimes, even in the genre of gangster rap, and it's wrapped up in a lot more of what else is going on in the lifestyle. Again, before the internet, that's really the only way you really have to peek into like what was going on in these other subcultures and places. So I think there is a history of hip hop carrying knowledge in that sense, but... And I might differ from a lot of other people doing this here. I have a a lyric in one of my favorite songs off the last tape I dropped, Prodigal Sunshine. It's called, the song's called Repetition. And the line is, just because your feet hurt don't mean you're doing the research. What's your epistemology? Research design philosophy? Because honestly, we can get on the mic and think we've got policies. So I would really like to see more people in hip hop engage beyond just the I'm the voice of the streets kind of thing. Not to wrap everybody up in that one foul suit but look at what Akon is doing right now mm-hmm. in Africa building entire smart cities and cryptocurrency. Yeah. That was a lot of what Tupac was out here inspiring kids to do saying, yo, I wrote poetry, did dance and I want to inspire y'all to do more even as you see me going around here like screaming Thug Live. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a history for that. And we're only progressively getting better and better in that regard.
0: And Tupac was also uh, a pretty good actor, some might say, depending on your perspective on his, his relatively short body of work. I thought he did some good work in his day. So shout out to, to, to Tupac as well. This is the shout out episode, uh, by the way. <laughs> so hopefully folks are getting getting some of their shout outs. So Miles, we do want to begin to wrap up a little bit here what else is going on in the world around you that's capturing your imagination these days we've heard a little bit about how you're bringing hip-hop into the classroom to change the lives of english language learners by making the 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 content more relevant and engaging and building the creative process all sounds amazing Uh, you have hopes on it scaling what else is capturing imagination right now? We're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future. And can you look into your crystal ball a little bit? To give us, you mentioned some ciphers. Uh, can, you, can you interpret any of the signs that are presenting uh, these days? Give us some uh, some insight into where the world is heading.
1: Yes, let give you my Miss Cleo here for a minute. I genuinely think that hip hop is getting to a place with what streaming has done to the industry, with what a lot of indie breakout stars like Chance the Rapper have done, Blazing Trails. I think there's so much more room for hip hop to operate in the B2B model. And I don't just mean giving somebody an endorsement or doing your marketing gig. I think there's so much more room for a lot of these young kids growing up in this. And I keep saying the sport it really is a contest sport, but in the game to do something. Other than having your uploads, getting everybody to just listen to the song, chasing strings, because the model is just not working out for artists right now. And that's yeah. what it is. I think it, Lil Nas X said he made Old Town Road and he knew that it was the phenomenon that it was. But what really blew it up was the marketing behind it. He was hitting Twitter every day. He knew the growth hacks. He was, or he didn't know he was figuring it out. And then once it just you know, popped off and... Some people in the, whoever decides what is and isn't country music got mad, then now you got a hook. And there you go. So much more opens up for you. And he only dropped one EP and one really cool single after that. And he's still one of the biggest names out here, whether you like it or not. So I think my finger on the pulse feels that there's going to be a lot more of these cats coming in and learning from, like, the mistakes of Takashi 6ix9ine. And using these marketing tools that they're learning in marketing psychology to spin into something that goes beyond the standard stereotypes, planes, chains, and automobiles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you mentioned the B2B angle for hip hop, the, the the dimension that's really interesting to me would be around corporate communication. And whether it's internal or customer facing, it's a place where I think frequently Organizations have trouble finding their their true voice, and they're also frequently trying to navigate issues of identity and appealing to different markets that maybe they haven't traditionally dealt with. There's a lot of white fragility and fear in corporate communication right now, so I do think that would be a place off the top of my head that might be an interesting intersection with intersection. I'll start freestyling if we do this long enough, but, but I I do think there's a lot to be said because in some ways what you're talking about beginning with the English as a foreign language, native English language speakers could always use more lyrical dexterity. That's the way I view it. And, And that's why hip hop has always been outside of just enjoying it. It's always been something that I've gravitated towards because I feel like there's a real love of language and uh desire to be really great you mentioned the the athletic analogy I, I think it's very much something i've experienced where it seems like people are trying to be the best or they're trying to perform at their optimal and i think that can be really inspirational yeah when you get a flow state
1: in language that's crazy that's how entire regimes get overthrown because you got one really saucy speaker out here telling you hey we don't know what You don't even got to know what I'm talking about. Just go over there and take over Stone Mountain.
0: Yeah. And next
1: thing you know, you got horns, flags, and soccer moms in the Capitol.
0: Wow. Wow. See, you took it in a different direction, but I appreciate it. I was able to pick up what you were putting down. Hopefully our listeners were as well. Any uh, concluding thoughts as we're wrapping up? Wrapping up here. Okay, uh, go ahead. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If there's last things I want to say, I think I
1: would mention, like I said before, we're no longer the underdog. Hip-hop is the most listened to genre throughout the world. At this point, you can track rappers who be using more words than Shakespeare. We're adding to the lexicon. We're doing all kinds of dope things. And it's largely because this is how we contribute to American culture. I think we can stand to unite a lot more. And one of the great places we can look to do that is hip hop. You know what I mean? And a lot of what I'm going around doing and teaching, of course, I'm going to be in class saying it's not just this is how you use hip hop to deal with the linguistics. We teach the culture. This is where it came from. This is why it's considered a black art form. This is why we should not have an issue having our Jack Harlows and M's come through and have a good time. I really do think that hip hop is one of the most meritocratic places in terms of whether you have a career with long longevity or not even though I'm the one saying, hey, don't be out here chasing streams," I think it's something we as an entire country can learn from. If you dope, you dope. And if you're not, honestly, that's why we got Cypher Circles. That's why it was a sport and you got practice. So keep on showing up. Here's to anybody on XXL. If y'all are coming for the next freshman, y'all really need to step up them Cypher Circles and you can hit your boy up. I got participants in the code who could probably shine it up for you real nice, but I'm done with the self promo. That's all I got to say. Spread love, be happy.
0: Well, there you go. And I appreciate all that. And I do enjoy folks who are able to blend new and emerging art forms. And, and in this case, it's not even an emerging form. It's a very established cultural force in our society, hip hop and incorporated into education in interesting ways. I think that really hits on the relevance point, makes it, more uh, engaging to the audience. Uh, name of the organization is LoFi fi Language Learning. Uh, Miles Eiton, also known as Irie Gibbons. Thank you very much for joining us on Trending in Education.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Palmer.
0: And this is another shout out to New College for bringing us together. All right, if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend, write us a review, share it. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. <music>